Sevens podcast, MMA Fancast. It's MMA for the fans, by the fans. We talk about only the important things you want to hear. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA Fancast. After far too long, we are back. MMA Fancast brought to you by Octagon247.com. Joined by my main man, Jim Sahara Mooney. We're going to jump right into things. Guys, it has been a long time. We have been busy with some other MMA-related stuff. However, we are back, and we are coming on the attack. We we just got off of a, a, a tremendous fight card in UFC on Fox 20, uh, 29, and we had an epic battle, Jim. That was a slugfest. That was a slugfest. I'm assuming you're talking about the main event. Habib? Um, yes. And Poirier. I mean, that that had fight of the year. That's a candidate right there. That's If you like stand-up MMA fighting, that you were, you were loving it. Poirier and um, Gaethje. Gaethje, Gaethje yeah. yeah. Because that's uh, – I think it, that may be the next fight. Habib and Poirier. Yes, but this fight, um, you know, Gaethje, <laughs> he amazes me that he even lasted as long as he did, the shots he was taking. But that's what, just what he does, and it finally caught up to him. Well, it's caught up to him twice in a row now, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he puts on the type of fight that, that I want to see. I want to see guys just going toe-to-toe, standing in – in the middle of the ring, you know, and uh, using one of your favorite words, a slobber knocker. And that's, that's one of my favorite words. Yeah. You say it I, enough. So really, mm-hmm. are you, you're just making that up. I'm not making that up. I think one of these times we're going to have to have a slobber knocker counter and, um, you know, maybe over the course of uh, a few podcasts, have some people email us with, you know, how many, how many times they think you're going to say it? You're saying that it could be a drinking game. It, it, there you go. There milk, you go. Chocolate milk, orange juice. Boom. Yes, it could be. Well, um, I, I thought that that fight, you know, I thought the longer and longer it went, I mean, this is what the, the announcers are talking, and so they, they made me think that the longer this fight went – the more it favored Gaethje. And that turned out not to be the case. Correct. Because Poirier didn't slow down. There were moments he slowed down, but he, he when he got off that stool, he was ready to go each round. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was by far the more tech, technical boxer, by far the more technical, technical striker. And – and Gaethje just goes out there and lays it on the line and, and puts his hands up and then just comes out, you know, throwing hard. Yeah, you know, the one thing I found interesting is um, I forget what round it was that they threw up a stat, and this was how many um, strikes absorbed, and they broke it down with 
head strikes and leg kicks. And at one point, Poirier had uh, had absorbed, I think it was 43 head strikes and 29 leg kicks, leg strikes. And then once they showed that stat, that's where Gagey slowed down on his attack of uh, of that right leg of Poirier. And I thought that was what was going to keep him either, you know, right at the same level with Poirier or giving him an edge because it was definitely causing him to turn and go uh, orthodox instead of – Well, did you um, see – did you see Poirier's leg after the pictures after? <laughs> I mean – for those of you who who didn't see that, it, was ugly. Uh, it is completely brutal. And if anyone thinks that leg kicks don't matter, oh boy, do they ever. Although Poirier was able to pull out the win, um, but caught Gaethje with a huge shot and then just pounced on him. Gaethje just refuses to go down. Uh for a very long time, and then finally um, the fight was called. But, you know, it's concerning because that was a big fight. Uh, it was a good fight to have on Fox, and yet the, the ratings were among the lowest that Fox has ever had on one of the big cards. All right, apologize for that uh, technical difficulty. Um, we were talking about the historic low ratings that um, – this this seemingly good fight card, good main event um, had on Fox, and uh, I, it it was I, I didn't think it didn't have a huge name on it, but at the same time, it had a really big it had a really good main event, and I thought the numbers would come in better. Yeah, you know, I I, I wonder if this is sort of the. Uh... I don't know what phrase to put on this, but um, like the fallout from McGregor and Mayweather and all the hype that was built up, and maybe it was too much, and it just you know had pushed some people away. And you know, of course, we know what happened recently with McGregor, but you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, theatrics, and I don't know if you know that's what. Uh, the hardcore UFC fans want, um, you know, and I just, it's hard to really get a read on the casual fan. You know, it's a name that's going to bring them in, but, you know, it seems like ever since that fight, that's when, you know, the, uh, the numbers started going down a little bit. Pay-per-view buys and. Which you kind of hope that that would do the exact opposite, but right. for some reason it has had that effect. Um, coming up, UFC Fight Night 128, Edson Barboza and Kevin Lee. I love that as a main event. That's a that's a tough one to call. Um, you know, this is Lee's chance to to really say he belongs um, in the upper echelon of that division. You know, we know what happened uh, recently with Barboza. Um, and he's looking to redeem himself. So this main event should uh, should prove to be um, a pretty good one. Not ready to make any uh, picks at this point, but um, 
it's I would put it at Pickham right now. Slight edge to Barboza. Yeah, I'd give Barboza the edge. Um, but Kevin Lee, I mean, he's capable of of taking anyone out at any time. Uh, you know, just a great uh, great bout, I I believe. And then the co-main event. <laughs> I mean, are, are you serious? This is a co-main event on FS1, really? Right, exactly. Cub Swanson. Versus Frankie Edgar. That's yeah. a huge match. I would yeah. argue that Fight Night 128 and Fox 29, those cards could be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And they that, could- uh, it's, it's a good fight. When I, when I saw that being put together, you know, it, it almost looked like the makings of uh, a pretty good pay-per-view. Yeah. And then you got Jim Miller f- facing Dan Hooker. You got Chase Sherman and, and Justin Willis. David Branch makes his return after his loss here in Pittsburgh uh, against Tiago Santos and Brett Johns versus Aljamain Sterling, who himself is coming off um, a pretty brutal loss, uh, if you recall that fight with Aljamain Sterling getting uh-huh. de- almost decapitated with a, I think it was a, a, it was a kick, but I think the, the shin or the knee hit him and just decimated him. But that's a great fight card. I'm excited for that. And then um, next weekend we have the mirror, the Bellator, um, uh, Fedor, who's Fedor fighting? Yeah, Fedor and uh, Frank Mir. Fedor and Mir. Uh, no, it's um, Chael. No, it's not. Not Chael. Yeah, it's Chael. What is it? Chael Bellator 198? I believe it is. All right. Let's 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 see here. Fedor and Mir. You were right the first time. Okay. Yeah. Trust your instinct. So... The last time we saw Fedor, we saw him live at Madison Square Garden. And we saw Matt Mitrione and him double knockdown. That was, uh, you know, something special. Uh-huh. I mean, getting to see Fedor Emelianenko, that was our first time getting to see him live and in person. And I never thought I would see Fedor fight live, but... Um, yeah, that was that was a great opportunity uh, to yeah, catch him with the way that it ended. Um, I mean, it just it was like whoever got up first, whoever had the forward momentum going, you know, after having seen it, that's what was gonna, you know, end up taking that that fighter over the edge to the victory. I mean, it, but you know, they both went down. Crowd was stunned, as were both fighters. And really, in the end, it was uh, it was Mitrione's youth that enabled him to probably crawl uh, crawl up to an advantage first before Fedor could could regain his composure. And well, that's the I mean, that's the youth in him. He can take a punch better. He can react mm-hmm. better. All all you know, not not that he's young, but he's not you know 40 like fedor or whatever fedor is he's close to 40 if he's not 
Yeah, so Chael, Chael Sonnen takes on the winner of this fight. That's where I was coming up with Chael. Yeah, because Chael beat um, whoever in his – Yeah. Um, did you happen to catch – Bellator 197. There was um, a kid, I believe, who's from the area. I believe he's from up north somewhere. His name's uh, Dominic Mazzotta. Right. The Honey Badger. The Honey Badger is – He – I mean, it made me proud. He was was ferocious nonstop. That was um, that was a mauling, you know. We uh, we refer to you know a mauling, you know, uh, another MMA fighter in the UFC. What he does to his opponents, and that's Khabib, and he mauls them, and that's that's what that's what Mazada did to uh, to Sampos. It was he, it was just constant pressure, nonstop. I know there were a few times when when Sampos um, had uh, it's just Sampo. Sampo? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Dom, the honey badger was all over him. There was constant pressure, and I just, you know, I was thoroughly impressed from start to finish. Yeah, he poured it on. He he was explosive, and, you know, his shots were, were, were very nice, and uh, it was just – Nice to see a nice dominating performance. He did, you know, want to make things a little interesting late and and got uh, you know, with two minutes left was, you know, in a in an unfavorable position, but um he pulled through and got the 30 to 27. And I, I wanted to talk about that too. He had all three judges scorecards, 30 to 27, which kind of surprised me. Um when I watch fights that I have an interest in a personal interest in I I'm probably I probably score it very conservatively but I was surprised in this instance that he didn't get any 10-8 rounds I felt like either one of the first two rounds could right. have been 10-8 and no no especially with the new rules no if this is old rules I'd be 30 to 27 no problem at all but this was the new unified rules of mixed martial arts and he dominated both the first and second rounds. Definitely and, the first round. If you had to pick one of the the two um, where it could have been 10-8, 10-8 um, I thought would have been an easy choice for that first round. But and it was just still 30-27, 10-9, and it was an impressive victory for him. It sure was. And uh... – and and you gotta you also gotta give it to Josh Sampo. Josh, there were plenty of opportunities for him to lay down, and he kept he kept fighting back. He kept it up. Um, this was a hometown fight for him, and so um, he certainly had a lot to lose. He really wanted wanted this bout, um, and he's thirty three years old, so he's not getting any younger. He he had his shot in the UFC, made it to the ultimate you know was on the ultimate fighter finale um he missed weight and so there was a issue with that and then he started 
his UFC, his official UFC career, and he and he and he lost all three of those um, fights after he won his debut. Mm-hmm. Then he goes goes back against Dom, and um, you know he could have he was being dominated very badly, and he could have you know given his back and just taken the choke and had it end much earlier. But he 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 battled, and I think he ran into. A freight train. Dominic Mazzotta is on a mission. Yeah, that's a that's a tough opponent to come back against when you have a you know a three year layoff from inside the ring, and I believe it was three years um, thereabouts, anyways. But it just you know I remember Dominic Cruz saying that there was uh, that there's no such thing as ring rust. I think that's a um, I think it depends on the fighter and, uh, you know, a couple things, mindset, what was going on leading up to that. Um, but heavy, heavy opponent to, uh, to take on after being out of the ring that long. Certainly was. Um, Dom Mazzotta last fought on a card at State College uh, where he was victorious there in quick – fashion uh dominic mazzotta uh beat matthew lozano and on that same card was ethan goss uh ethan goss who is from altoona and as a matter of fact later on in the show look i see your wife behind you (laughs) she was popping her head around the corner um ethan goss he is you know, out of Altoona, out of Gorilla House Gym. Later on in the show, we are going to have one of his teammates who made her MMA debut in extremely impressive fashion. We are going to have Sydney Ross, Pinnacle FC 16 here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're going to have her on the show. What do you think of that, Jim Sahara? Excited. Um, when you talk about young and hungry and somebody who um, is – going to go for it this is somebody that you might want to keep your eye on and i'm going to let a little cat out of the bag here this young lady's 18 but she's she's still in high school and she is fighting professional or amateur mma and she is she's something else so you'll want to uh you'll want to find her video out on youtube when um you know when those are available uh, moving on, you mentioned Connor. Let's talk some Connor. What, um, a couple weeks ago, obviously, this isn't anything that anyone who's listening to our show doesn't know, but Connor c- attacked a bus and and threw a dolly through a window and affected three bouts. And, um, yeah, it was it was deplorable behavior. Um, just kind of wanted to gauge your reaction, Jim. Yeah, I uh, have been falling off of that Connor wagon, so to speak. I was um, a huge fan of of his, um, and I'll say uh, Connor McGregor inside the octagon. I'm a fan of. You know, that's that's the guy that I want to see. I want to follow him and um, and see what kind of you know stories he's creating um, leading up to each fight and what happens. Um, with his opponents, but it's these shenanigans outside um, that I think 
just you know are are heavy detractors you know from somebody who's built up this huge following um an international following we know what he's got with his fans in ireland but you know he's built up a heavy heavy fan base here in the u.s but isn't that a double-edged sword jim i mean isn't the same yeah. thing that has made him build up that huge fan base the 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 thing that got him a hundred million dollar fight with Floyd Mayweather is this him just like figuring out? I mean, he's still a young guy, still figuring out where the line is and how not to cross it or how close to get to it without going over it. Is that just a result of that? Yeah, you know, I yeah, there's definitely a lot of youth involved in that, and I've heard a number of. Uh, opinions on what Connor did, you know, and uh, some people are saying there, there's a number of people out there saying that <clears throat> Connor did not want to cross that line. That wasn't his, his intention that he wanted to go there and stick up for his, his buddy Lobov and, um, you know, let uh, Khabib and anybody else out there that, you know, wanted to take a shot um, that he was going to have his friends back. Um, I just, you know, I think he should have thought about this or somebody um, should have thought about this on the way over from Ireland. That's a long time to be thinking about what you're well, going to do. And Yeah, and I don't know that there was much thought involved, uh, hence the actions. But, okay, there was one point in the video where Connor picks up a metal trash can and puts it back down. And puts it down and picks up a plastic one and throws it. Like, yeah. so he uh, he was clearly like, okay, that's probably not, like, he, he, he was clearly trying to start some stuff and make the headlines and be, the, but, um, you know, when I first saw the video, when I saw him throwing um, the dolly, I thought it was going to bounce back. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to break the window. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, you're responsible for your own actions. 100%. And, uh, yeah. So that landed him in jail. Uh, See, I think if that window doesn't break, he doesn't, there's no charges, no one's pressing anything. And that's what he thought, you know, that's what he intended. Yeah. Maybe he gets, uh, called into the police station for questioning, um, and release well, in, order, in order for that to happen, someone has to press charges. And if that window doesn't break, I don't think anyone's doing anything about it. Yeah. Right. So. But, you know, still all things considered, I was highly disappointed with the way that he acted. And it just, as much as, you know, I felt that that's a big detractor from what he's trying to create. Really. I don't know that he's lost anything because now maybe he's developed you know, or brought some people into the mix, people that wouldn't normally watch. And they're like, who is this guy? You know, this is a punk. I want to see him go down. And, you know, now there are going to be people as there, there are, there's always, you know, fans hating him, loving him. And, you know, he Connors, one of those, one of those fighters and those um, athletes with that celebrity status that he draws large followings on both sides of that, and therefore, I think this is a net win for him. Right. It's going to be a net win. Uh, even the people that 
the people that he made so mad, like the fans that are, I don't think there's many fans that are turning on him. I think there's fans that wish that wouldn't have happened, but I don't think there's many fans that are like, I'm, I hate Connor now. Mm-hmm. But everyone still cares, and everyone's still interested, and now there's no, new people interested. Yeah. So, um, there, there was one thing I wanted to, you know, to ask you about this, and we hadn't really talked much about Connor. Um, you know, a lot really, but it's uh, with we've talked about this several times, and that is, you know, the potential McGregor and Khabib matchup. But with him having been out of that the octagon for so long, with what Dana saw um, transpire with his female star Rousey and not taking what we would call a tune up fight. You think there's any uh, inkling of an idea for Dana to get him back in the ring and put him in there with somebody that you know is is a name, but is really going to be you know a challenge, but you know basically a tune-up. No, nope. think that's something that Connor would even accept. Nope, he's going to go straight for the bull. Well, I mean, I've always said uh, I I I don't think Khabib's a fight he 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 should take. Um, I think it's the last fight he should take, but, um, Connor's a confident guy. I don't think he, I, I, how's Jen? Hey Jen, how are you? Um, I don't think he, um, is afraid to go at it. I don't think he's afraid of anyone. He's a brash, young, cocky kid who has all the money in the world. And so, once you start having money, you want more and more and more. And yeah. so he wants the belt and he wants what's he didn't lose. And so I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good fight for him. Not that he would necessarily lose, but I, I think that's a very clear coin flip fight that if the fight sta- stays standing up and Connor can keep it on the feet, he's going to decimate. And if he can't keep, Habib off of him, then he's going to get smothered. And mm-hmm. it's it's a classic striker versus grappler match. Um, it's a boxer versus wrestler match. It's it's that classic who's gonna win, you know, that that match. Yeah. And uh, it's just a matter of where it takes place. That's okay. all there is to it. So who do who do you put in the octagon that um that would be a challenge for uh, for Khabib. You know, I mean, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think there are guys that m- match up well against him. I mean, Alvarez for me, Alvarez to me is a good matchup for him. Now, does that mean he'll win? I I don't know that 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 means he'll win. But I think everything that Habib does well, Alvarez is capable of countering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that, you know, Habib doesn't do well, I think that, you know, Alvarez can take advantage of those. So, you know, if, if, if Habib gets on top of anyone 
it's going to be a tough night. It's hard getting up. And once you get up, he's right back on you again. It's it just, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And he decided to abandon. He decided to, <laughs> I believe that he was up so far in that fight that it was time to work on his stand-up. He had he a guy. threatened by I Quinta. Yes. Um, it was time for him to work on a stand-up a little bit knowing that he had worn his opponent down and, you know, he was at a clear disadvantage in striking early, but the, the tide has turned. So now was a chance for him to, to mix it up a little bit. And, and, and it, who does that in a title fight? Someone that's that as good as Habib, that's who does it. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I, I found uh, odd was the jabs. It was almost like watching a, a Rocky movie where those jabs like rocky can't couldn't get his face out of the way of the three mile an hour jabs and that's that's what we were watching with khabib you know um like he was apollo creed and just kept snapping off jabs and i quinta had no head movement yeah yeah it was it was odd odd to see yeah and he, i mean he was snap, snapping them back boom boom yeah repeatedly um so that leads to the question, will Floyd Mayweather ever step in the octagon? I hope not because it, it just it, – it becomes a circus, and it's not something that – would I watch it? I probably would, you know, but it just it, – you know it's not going to be MMA rules. Yeah, and that's what kills me, like – that's like Connor taking a boxing fight and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to box you. But it doesn't make any sense. It's not MMA. It's boxing in an MMA cage with what? Like 30 boxing? Two? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's weird. It's stupid. It's a clear um, money-only grab. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. For uh, – we have – Many, many Pittsburgh MMA fans who were clamoring to have an event in Pittsburgh. The last event in Pittsburgh was a Pinnacle Fighting Championships Series 15, which is, was in December of 2016. Folks, MMA FanCast has been in hiatus for well, months now. The reason being there were things going on in Pittsburgh MMA that we were involved in. And, uh, and we, and, and so yours truly was a part of putting together the pinnacle FC return at 16. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's the reason we've been gone for so long. Uh, We got, I was, I was involved with um, the owner of pinnacle, Matt Layshock gave him a hand in promoting the fight and uh, doing all that good stuff and selling tickets. So, um, yeah, that's a handful. There's a lot of work involved in that. Uh-huh. But Jim Sahara Mooney was still doing uh, – no, he wasn't. Where were you, Jim? Where have you been? What have you been doing with your time? I was sleeping. I was taking a nap. You're like a bear. I was I was in yeah. hibernation. Uh-huh. What did you get done while you were gone, Jim? That's my question. 
what did you get done? I know what you were doing on, you know, March 23rd and 24th, but all that other time, what were you doing? Um, I'll have to ask my wife. Did you, did you get in trouble while, while we, you were gone? Did you, were you incarcerated? I know, but um, there were many things that could have ended up taking me that route that I'd stayed away from. So Pinnacle FC 16 took place on uh, March 24th. Um, we're going to actually have one of the people that made their professional de- – or well, I keep saying professional – made her MMA debut, and, boy, did she – light up the crowd. She got everyone on their feet and everyone was talking about Sydney Ross after the fact. And we have her coming up on the program. Also on that card, we saw the headliner. Do you know who the headliner was? Come on. I do. Who was it? It was, it was a worthy fight to watch. It was very worthy. It was extremely worthy it was death star like you know that's his nickname did you know? I do okay so comma worthy made his this was the first time comma's been a long time mma regional fighter he has been in shows and uh all the the entire area different promotions king of the cage he's done he's actually traveled to i think he was in I don't know, Japan maybe, did a show in Japan. He is a very high-level striker. And um, first headline, first time, first opportunity he had to headline a pinnacle card, and boy, did he make the most of it. He absolutely did. Um, it, you know, I wasn't sure his opponent was – uh, was pretty impressive. I'd um, seen, you know, uh, some footage on him, and uh, and actually knew a little more about him than Kama. But uh, I was highly impressed with with the way he handled himself in there. Yeah, Kama. Uh, you, yeah, you're talking about um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Michael Roberts. Mike Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kama really did a great job in this fight. This is what you expect from a pro and a longtime MMA fighter. He's now 10 and six fighting back at his comfort weight. He had, he was dropping down to 145, um, had some struggles there, bad weight cuts, that kind of thing. Now he's getting up there in age. He's, I think he's 30, 31 years old those weight cuts really took their toll and he just wasn't performing well. And then he's back up to 155 and looking very sharp and he looked very sharp against Mike Roberts. That was a good fight. Those two Mike Roberts has a, a, a big history. I um, mean, he's fought Mike Perry. He, I mean, lost to Mike Perry, but hung in there with Mike Perry, who is one of the lethal strikers in MMA. Um, in the co-main event, we had Josh Fremd, uh, facing Robert Gidron and Josh Frem. This is a kid who has a a very bright future, and you know he's uh, he's a great guy, 
and he walked into a he had a tough fight he had a tough weight cut he didn't he didn't make weight and uh and lost to Robert Gidron who came in from um Michigan and picked up picked up a big win yeah he was uh, he was definitely pushed in that fight it seemed like there were moments when friend was going to maybe turn the corner and um, and start to gain an advantage. And every time he was right there, that, uh, that opportunity got snuffed out. And then we also had four amateur titles on the line, and Fatty Schumann won the lightweight amateur title for Pinnacle against Alex Johnston in a great a, a, a real battle that was a very hard fought uh uh battle and fatty schumann takes the takes the title in the light heavyweight division uh dalton rasta continued his winning ways and won the light heavyweight championship amateur championship against trenton's darko uh and then Tashe Guthrow came in as the uh as the you know as the villain. He was the he was the out of towner versus the hometown boy Daniel Haig and and picked up the win and the belt at 135 pounds. And then we had the first women's t- uh title fight in pinnacle history, and that was Larkin Dash and Bridget Chase. And Bridget Chase was the hometown winner. Mm-hmm. It was a great card. It was a great night of fights. It was a great atmosphere. Let me just tell you, this place was packed. It was absolutely packed. And there was, um, it was, it was, you couldn't have asked for a better crowd. Oh, the atmosphere was awesome. Not only was, you know, uh, the crowd was a huge crowd, but, it, you know, the atmosphere inside there was, um, it was perfect. It was, it was an awesome event. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I liked about it is I got to see, you know, what it took to build that or, you know, help to create that environment inside from an empty arena to, you know, putting everything literally, you know, tables and chairs and putting the ring together and seeing what that looks like from nothing to a packed house. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, if you think that was awesome, wait till June 9th when Pinnacle Fighting Championships returns to Princecape Arena. Uh, June 9th for Pinnacle FC 17. Uh, it, it's only getting better from here, folks. There, uh, The fight card is being assembled as we – as we speak, there are some uh, there are some fights that are um, close, and there are some. There's a fight that's booked. I think two two fights that are booked, but it's it's looking good. Let me just tell you, this fight card is exciting. Nicole Castillo is the greatest matchmaker in the game today, and she is the matchmaker for Pinnacle, and she put together the 16 card, and now she's putting together the 17 card, and She's just the best. Um, so 
you are able to, if you're interested in buying tickets for Pinnacle FC 17, you're able to do that right now. Go to PinnacleFCMMA.com and you can click the link to buy the tickets. What do you think of that? Sahara. I'm loving it. And we teased this a little bit ago, um, but now's the time. We have an interview with Pinnacle FC 16 superstar, super debut, uh, Sydney Ross, and we'll be right back with that. Let's face it, you don't need another gym contract. You need motivation. Every three-minute fitness workout is different. During this group workout, you will rotate through 10 expertly designed exercises, three minutes at a time. Our staff of professional trainers will push you to the next level. So forget the gimmicks and get ready for results. This is 3-Minute Fitness. MMA FanCast is here with Sydney Ross. Ladies and gentlemen, Sydney made her MMA debut uh, at Pinnacle FC 16 just a couple weeks ago. Sid, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. We, we had the uh, extreme pleasure of being able to watch you make your debut, uh, or your MMA debut anyway. Share with us your experience. How did that go for you? Um, we'll get into the actual fight a little bit later, but how was that experience? You know, something new, something um, you're young. And so this is pretty exciting for you. Right. Well, I knew I wanted to fight MMA for a pretty long time. Uh, I can clearly pretty much remember when Dana White had said, I believe it was 2012, when he said women would never be in the UFC. I think I was like 12 years old and I remember crying. So it was somewhere before then, around then. So I was just pretty much waiting till it was legal for me to fight. So it was pretty awesome to be able to finally get to accomplish that after wanting it for so long. So there was a pretty big crowd there um, at, at Princecape Arena. Um, I know you have boxing experience. Have you ever had a crowd that large? Have you ever had that kind of environment, that kind of atmosphere pr previously? Um, I don't know if necessarily I had experienced one that large. I don't really pay attention to how many people there are. I just a big crowd is a big crowd. It's kind of all the same. Yeah, I've been, I've performed uh, a multitude of fights, tournaments in front of a lot of people, but definitely at the Prince Grape, there you could kind of tell there's a whole lot of people. Huh. And, and so you, you had a pretty, um, pretty unique experience in that um, you fought uh, a, a young lady from a major gym and she was cornered by a major star. So was there anything um, special about that? Uh, well, I had uh, kind of stalked her on Instagram before ahead of time. And I saw the picture of her with Claudia Gedalia. And my corner was like, oh, you know, she doesn't train with her. She just sees her across the gym and goes and gets pictures with her. I didn't know she was actually cornering her until I saw her there. And I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. Claudia, I'm not fighting Claudia Gedalia. I'm fighting Lydia Warren. So, I, I think you you may have uh, been able to hang a little bit with uh, Claudia the way you came out there. <laughs> Only half kidding, 
but no, you, you looked really comfortable. You looked really natural. Um, you, you dominated. I mean, I don't think Lydia did anything offensively to you. Uh, was that the game plan to just go attack and end the fight as soon as possible? Um, I didn't necessarily have a super strong game plan just because I wasn't, she had a jujitsu background. She was there at Jackson Wink. We knew a little bit like they're kickboxing heavy. We knew that she was going to want to throw kicks and I didn't really necessarily tell myself I'm going to go out there and just go for it. Um, I'm a pretty aggressive fighter just naturally like that pressure forward, but we didn't have something strict to stick to because I feel like I might necessarily not want to drift away from doing that if I see other opportunities. So I try not to keep myself to only have to do one thing. So you, you, you were a wrestler, you, you know, you wrestled in in high school, correct? Yes. And, and so you've been in the combat sports realm for quite some time. Give us a little bit of background, share with us, um, the things you've done and, and been through at the ripe old age of 18? Well, I, whenever I was probably a toddler, my parents had me in, you know, the daycare taekwondo type thing. And whenever I got a little older, my dad finally took me to this uh, judo school when I lived in Southern Maryland. It was called Southern Maryland Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And I trained there from when I was about some, a second grade all the way till I was 15 before I made the move to PA. Did a bunch of tournaments under my instructor there, and that's pretty much just how it started. So, what um, what boxing experience you you? I know you just boxed this past weekend, uh, but you also ha- have previous boxing experience. Yeah, um, my dad. Whenever I decided, I was like, "Oh, I'm interested in MMA. I'm going to do stand up stuff." I had only been doing judo and jujitsu, so. My dad, boxing has been in his family for a couple of generations. He was like, okay, I'll teach you to box a little bit. So it started with my dad teaching me. And then when I moved here to Pennsylvania, I got in touch with a boxing coach. Um, his name's Jeremiah Witherspoon. And I took off with him. I was 17 when I had my first fight. I had just turned 17. So a little, a little over a year ago, I had my first boxing match. That's great. When when's your birthday? Uh January. Okay. So you 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 were able to get a fight, an MMA fight within 2 months of your birthday. That's well, they actually had found something in December and they were waiting until I was 18 to send me the contract for me to sign it. Uh-huh. So I kind of found one before I was even 18. So you mentioned so you mentioned um, Dana White in 2012, and you've always known you wanted to go into MMA and him saying that there will never be women in MMA. Who, who do you look up to as a fighter? Who have you in the past? Who do you look up to now? Are there, are there fighters you try to emulate or, um, or, or just you know, look up to? And please don't uh, say Ethan Goss. I won't, no. Definitely not that guy. Um, as far as necessarily fighters overall, I would say my probably my favorite is um, Daniel Cormier <laughs> because he's just a, I think he's just a terrific guy. Just his um, 
you know, setbacks he's faced, overcoming that, just his style, his his wrestling. I think he's a really good, well-rounded fighter. But as far as women go, I'm really into Rose Namajunas right now. I've been, I'm on the hype train mm-hmm. <laughs> since all that went down. Yeah, she certainly, uh, she certainly looked, has really improved since uh, her days on The Ultimate Fighter. Definitely. Yeah. So um, you debuted, and I know that you're looking forward to getting back into the octagon or the cage. Um, I know you have some things that are close, but um, you have a, you've signed a, you've signed to fight, correct? On, on the next card for Yes. I signed my contract yesterday. Yeah. And we're, they're, we're kind of waiting on your opponents to sign theirs and, and then you'll be all set and have a match hopefully by tomorrow ready to announce yeah i hope that gets pulled through and everything works together do you know anything about your opponent um what my coaches were able to find were her previous two fights and a wrestling tournament on youtube so are you um does being able to see some of her fights or anything like that does that change anything for you or do you think it's you won't even watch it or you'll let your coaches do that what do you think I watch it strictly just for just to see what her weaknesses are and her strengths are just to get an idea of what style of fighter I'm against. Um, It's not necessarily to psych myself up to say I've got this or to mm, because it could work either way or you could take it and be like oh you're scared of this person. I just look at it strictly for this is what she likes to do. This is what she doesn't really do a lot in her fights. This is what she's good at. This is where the holes are pretty much just for business. Gotcha. Um, your, do your parents own Gorilla House Gym? Is that, is that their gym? Is that your dad's gym? Yes. Okay. I, I, I thought, I, I thought um, Ethan had mentioned something to me previously that that was um so that's the gym that you um you train at that your your fight camp is at um and uh and so you've been around how long have your parents owned the gym uh 2015 is when they opened their first gym okay so you've been around the 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 fight game for a couple years now and and are accustomed to all that lifestyle that kind of stuff Right. Jim, you so, wanted to? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so having done boxing and now you've gotten your first MMA fight um, out of the way, so to speak, is there anything that you can take from that first experience and, and also with the boxing and apply to the next camp? I guess, you know, I don't know if you would call it a camp um, or, you know, preparing for your next opponent. Uh, I'm pretty much... I'm not going to keep it the same. I'm working on finding more often and to train harder. I, even though it was a short fight, there were still things I could have done better. Um, just, I'm still picking up on flaws and working on them because never, just never stop evolving. So I'm always looking for ways to improve. 
and keep up with the fighters that I'm going to be faced with who are also going to be getting better as I take more fights. Yeah. Do um, you, you were kind of going in and out of there a little bit. Um, I don't know if, I don't think you moved the phone, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. Um, What did I want to ask you? Oh, how do you, when you like tell your friends at school, like, yeah, I had a mixed martial arts fight. You're still in high school. I don't know if we said that off air or on air. You're, you're, you're 18 years old. You're a senior in high school. What, what is that like? Yeah. I, I, I fought a mixed martial arts fight in Pittsburgh. Like how, how do people react to that? I try to punch my opponents in the face or choke them if I can, you know, the usual stuff. Are you there? Yeah, you guys just went blurry for a couple of seconds. Okay. I heard the question though. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, I I have people who think it's really cool, who think it's awesome, and they're supportive of it. And you know, I had people who were like, "Oh, I want to go to one one day." I um, try and they think they think it's cool. And there's some people who think it's odd and it's weird and you know, I mean, whatever, there's just how people normally feel about the sport is the same input that they have. Um, some people don't even know that I do this. It's not like I go around and I'm like, yeah, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm real cool. I just, well, I mean, that is pretty cool. <laughs> you, you fought. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, Sid, you came out um, this was your MMA debut. You looked like a natural in there. You looked like you, you were very well prepared for it. You, you blew my mind. I mean, I knew you were 18 years old and, and watching you, um, you know, I, I was pretty busy during the event, but, but I've watched your tape a couple times since. And it was, it just blew my mind how natural you looked, um, and, and just, you look like a fighter and you're 18. And so how does that, what, what's that like? What's that feel like to hear someone or to just know that you owned that? Like it was, that's who you are. It just looked like that's who you are. Uh, first, thank you. And um, <laughs> also I, uh, I mean, I worked for it. It's not like it came naturally. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was just, skilled it's just something I really really wanted and I I worked I work I try to work harder than anyone else in my gym I'm in there training with grown men every day and it's just you get it handed to you at practice every day and then you go out and you just put it together just working with people we have a lot of high level obviously Ethan he's a pro at Bellator we have other fighters um who are better than me and I just work with them, try to learn, stay humble. Yeah, that's great. You kept looking over at, uh, after and before the fight, you kept looking over to, to people near the entry entrance way and you were pointing over at them and you, you kept yelling something. Do you, do you remember what you were saying or was it, um, was it clean? <laughs> it was clean. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> My mom and uh, some of my friends from the gym were there, and pretty sure I was yelling, like, I love you guys, just stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
The uh, there are a lot of people that um, I'm sure you have invested in you and have spent a lot of time tr training with you. So you have you have the floor if there's people you want to thank and uh or i don't know if you had any sponsors for the fight or or, or whatnot but um this is your time to give them a shout out yes i did have a lot of people who sacrificed their own personal time for no pay just to help me with the same goal just to help me to get me there to win um first of all my dad he this is the one who owns the gym. He's my head coach, you know, main supporter. Pretty much anytime I felt down or was upset about it, he was the one who, like, pretty much the voice in my head, keeping me straight, telling me what I needed to do to get better. Uh, the other person in my corner was Darren Cassidy. That's my wrestling coach. He comes and trains me on his own time. And he, his son, Caden Cassidy, comes in and works with me. Same thing, on his own time. He's in high school, too. You know, has other things to be doing than helping this girl train for an MMA fights. But he takes time out of his day and helps. So I'm really appreciative for those, two. I feel like I've gotten a lot better just since working with them, which has been a shorter amount of time, a couple months. I do want to shout out Ethan. You got to. <laughs> he works with me um every class you know he's a pro fighter he doesn't have to work with amateur mma fighters or people who are like four weight classes below him but he does he he cares about everyone at that gym and takes it upon himself to help everyone get better yeah i was out there um we were out there jim when were we out there uh, ahead of the Bellator fight in State College, yeah, maybe a I month. I feel like it was um, late September. Okay, yeah. So we were, we were out there. Great gym. It's a beautiful gym. If you're ever in Altoona, Pennsylvania, check out the Gorilla House gym. Um, and uh, Sydney Ross will be there um, and bringing down the house and making her second appearance in – uh, the cage in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania on June 9th. Um, that's a, a bout that is due to be signed uh, by her opponent any moment. And so, um, although it's unofficial at this point, we're going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Um, but you announced on, um, you announced June 9th is your next fight on social media like weeks ago. So it's no yeah. big deal to say anything now. <laughs> Well, I mean, even if um, this opponent doesn't pull through or, you know, something happens, injuries, whatever, there's other people. I think I went through a couple people before I got my last fight. So, you know, just hopefully someone, if and not we, her. Yeah, and we want you on the card. So it's, you know, and you want to be on the card. So it's going to happen. So Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us, Sid. It was great to watch you make your MMA debut. and. Um, it was great chatting with you and get to, getting to know you a little bit. Thank you. It's great. Thanks for having me. No problem. So good to hear from Sydney Ross. She made a great debut. We're excited for what her future holds. What do you think, Sahara? Impressive young woman. Um, I'm anxious to see what, uh, what she's going to do June 9th. That's for sure. I am anxious as well. Those tickets, again, are available at PinnacleFCMMA.com.
buy them now. They are not going to be around for very long, um, especially those table seats. Those are the, those are the, I mean, you are, those seats are so close to the cage. It's almost obscene. You're almost okay. in the cage. Yeah. The, uh, the one other thing I wanted to say, uh, this was no, you didn't. Talk about the atmosphere. No, you didn't. Prior to it. Sid, I do want to say this. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, 16, the return sold out. Yeah. And it was packed. Know, June, 9th, it, the June 9th, it was a standing room only. Yes. It, it, was, it was packed. And um, you know, June 9th is going to be every bit. And we're not uh, talking about some little venue either, right? Yeah, no. We're talking yeah. about the, the Isoplex. And this is a whole um, ice rink that was jam-packed. It was unbelievable. And the VIP section. The VIP section is underrated. You get, the, you, get, you get the advantage of being up over and looking from the balcony down into the cage. You got waitresses coming. Oh, it's just a great setup. Yeah, you had um, great sponsors for that. I mean, you have so many things. Um, that uh, that were done for this card that really put it over the top. The sponsors, <laughs> Ken Sinagra. What do you think of that guy? Huh? He had a good night. He 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 was loving it. Ken's a good guy. He got to uh, put the belt around Dalton Rasta, the 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 new uh, light heavyweight champion. Ken did good. He I, he looked like he had a blast. Uh, I, did you talk to Ken? I did. I talked to him a little bit before the fights. So yeah, he, I didn't, he, I, yeah, I didn't get to get his reaction with, um, you know, with putting the belts on. Yeah. But I thought that was a nice touch um, to do by by you and uh, and Matt. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good. It was actually Nicole's Nicole's idea. So Nicole Castillo, matchmaker extraordinaire, pulls through for us again. And for those of you who didn't see. Check out if you get go to the Pinnacle uh, Facebook page, the new belts out of this world. I gotta say, that was me and Nicole. Yeah, we impressive. Yeah, so check them out, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm I'm ready to go, Jim. Are you? I am. We're happy to be back, but it's time to go. We will see you next time on MMA Fancast. Goodbye and God bless.